Chef Boyardee is Poe's mentor. <laughs> <laughs> At that point, it was always going to be Leia. Could have been Baby Yoda. <laughs> wow, what a huge oversight. There's just a hole in the Death Star. Like, what the heck? You know, just like board that up or something, you know? Then jumped onto Wikipedia and was like, oh, there it is. I refused to get on the Wook, um, as, as Jared lovingly refers to it. You're listening to the Star Wars Archives, a Utini.com Patreon-exclusive podcast. Your regular deep dive down the rabbit hole of the Star Wars universe. Discussion, analysis, Easter eggs, and obscure books you've never heard of. And now, here are your hosts, Jose and Trevor. Hello there, you have tuned into episode 31 of the Star Wars Archives, the Utini Network podcast where we take a random Star Wars Star Wars topic and explain the living Bantha Poodoo out of it. I am Jose, aka Joxie in the Utiniverse, and I have watched the Star Wars Holiday Special. <laughs> yes, you have. Yes, that's 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 how Sainable. I'm stating how I... like my level of fandom is that I have watched it. That's, that's your that credentials. Think... Right, yeah. So that's that's for, that's what I'm saying today. I have watched it. <laughs> and I'm Trev, keeper of a timeline pages over at utini.com. I've spent my entire life consuming Star Wars media, which has involved watching a holiday special more than once. <laughs> and, and I've read over 1,000 Star Wars books and comics. So, for anyone joining us for the first time, this is a largely unscripted show where once we've decided on each episode's topics, Jose will do whatever research he needs, I'll do as little as possible, and we can talk about anything Star Wars. Legends, canon, books, comics, TV video games, even miscellaneous newspaper clippings, and hopefully keep you both entertained and informed over the next hour or so. However, this week, we've sort of switched your whole intro there. I mean, what you what you say we do on every episode, because I have done zero research <laughs> for today, because you said that not to do any, so you've yep. done some, I guess, perhaps, a little uh- bit. I've I've done some just to get, make sure I've got some details correct. Yeah, but that's and I about have it. Done none. So I'm gonna be looking at you here on our Zoom, and I'm gonna pay a lot of attention so I can I can actually react to things. Are you saying you don't and normally pay attention to what I'm saying, Jose? No, I just wait until I can say something about the research that I have done. Did I not tell you there'll be an end of year quiz? No. that would be funny how how much attention has jose been paying no i pay attention i i I do but now i have to pay even more attention because i don't know where you're going with this at all let's let's tell the listeners what we're talking about well you do it i can't (laughs) okay we are going to talk about rare books that's it it's a very broad remit slash topic for this week it's rare books that's what we're going to talk about now, and what do you mean by rare books? So they could be rare as in print number, um, mm-hmm. accessibility, uh, rare stories in unusual places. Mm-hmm. We're going to kind of cover all of the above. So not really something that is like, not so much like collectibles necessarily. It's more about just like it. it is a legit rare well, that there aren't enough out there or something. that's that's a good place to start because the the collectible market at the moment for star wars books is crazy right i mean you get mm-hmm. all these different editions with yeah. high republic you get 
um, the Barnes and Noble exclusive with a poster, a Target exclusive with a different cover, the yeah. Goldsboro edition from here in London uh, with different color pages signed and numbered. Mm-hmm. The Thrawn ones from the Thrawn Ascendancy book, we've seen those ones going. Is it the outer print editions? Mm-hmm. Pay $150 for them. They're gorgeous as hell. Limited to what? 1000 yeah, Um yeah, And instantly on eBay for like $3,000. That's, that's, that's insane. <laughs> Absolutely crazy. Yeah. Um, but that sort of thing's been going on a while. So... Mm-hmm. The first one I want to talk about is you've you've heard me talk about the newspaper strips, the LA Times newspaper yes. strips from seventy nine to eighty four. Yeah. Well, in ninety one, they released a three volume hardcover slip cased edition of these. Oh wow! Two and a half thousand copies, all the stories printed in an original format. Now, until that's the only time that all the stories saw print until the Legends Epic Collections came out. So two stories, the Kashyyyk Depths and the Planet of Kadrill, never got a reprint in the the old Dark Horse classic Star Wars single issues and then the graphic novels. They never got reprinted in any of this until the Legends Epic Collections. So if you wanted them in print, you'd have had to fork out tons of money on these. Now, the last time I saw these on eBay was about a year ago. Because every now and again, just for kicks, I'll go onto eBay and sort <laughs> from highest price to lowest price. And it's there'll like, be a... I, I know there's people that go on like Zillow and those websites to look at like real estate. And your version of that is just going into eBay <laughs> to see which books are out there and how much they're worth. That's, yeah. a, that's a true Star Wars collector right there. Because, <laughs> you know, you're, you're interested. And most yes. of it, it it'll be... Um, single issue comics that have been graded and put in those cases and yes. first appearance of so and so or whatever. And that's really common for all comic books too. Yeah, like ab- the, you know, because they are graded and everything. So and that's uh so trading comic books and because they're also so cheap when they you know issues are just like, you know, less than five dollars. So just seeing those values appreciate is always kind of like interesting. But we're talking about actual like printed hardcover books and stuff that i mean i'm sure a lot of our listeners collect them too right so they they're somewhat aware of this but yeah and so the last time i saw this i think it was about three grand for the Mm -hmm. the three books wow and then so speaking of um these number one issues some of our listeners may know i've been having a big sell-off of stuff and i don't really collect single issue comics i normally Back in the 90s, I bought the single issues. Soon if a trade paperback came out, I'd buy that instead and maybe sell the single issues. And I yeah. kind of kept that up. So I don't have many single issue comics. But one set I do have is Jedi vs. Sith from the 90s from Dark Horse, set a thousand years before Battle of Yavin. Turns out one of these is really, really valuable because it's the first comic appearance of Darth Bane or the first cover of Darth oh. Bane. Now, my comics aren't graded or anything like that. And I'll be honest, I can't be faffed. I mean, in the UK, it's a whole different kind of market. But if you go to eBay and go highest to lowest, you won't have to scroll far before you come across this one issue of Jedi vs. Sith because it's got Darth Bane on the cover. How much is that going for? I mean, I've seen it, you know, 1,500 down. Wow. 
but because mine's not graded or anything, it's just been kept on the shelf. It's probably not worth anything like that. Um, yeah, but it's yeah. I mean, that's I don't even know what it takes to actually grade them. But um, normally, you have to you have to send it off to certain companies, and they'll come yeah. back to you with like a number out of ten, okay. and they'll send it back in one of those clam cases, and yeah, um, that's how you see most of these things graded. They'll have like a number nine point eight or eight point three or, or or whatever, you know. Um, yeah. And people obviously obviously buy it. Yeah, I mean, I I've sold uh, just other other one of my uh, single issue comics uh, online. There's there is a website that just you can just send them a whole box. Yeah. And then you tell them if they're in good rate, you know, good or bad or whatever, and then they'll go through each one and then they'll tell you how much they're giving you for it. So they sort of uh, they can. I know that you can do it that way, but not sort of like have an official kind of like the slip that says the ra- the grading and everything. Yeah. So, but again, being in the UK, I'm I'm not about to do that. That's just too much yeah. of a faff. Um, yeah. So anyway, so hardcover slipcase edi- slipcase editions. Again, mm-hmm. we we're seeing that with those Thrawn books. Dark Empire got one of these in 1993. Mm-hmm. So Dark Horse released it, signed and numbered a thousand copies. Looks great. It's a beautiful piece of work. I had a quick look on eBay and some other websites currently valued at about two thousand pound wow for one of these so these prices are big yeah yeah so i mean so so yeah so in this case they're i mean they're just that is a there's not a lot of these out there in the world therefore that's what makes these rare yeah and they're also you know this is the luxury premium end of the market you know there's deliberately not many of these out there right this is yeah exactly exactly so we're gonna swing right back the other way before covering everything in between Uh to things like so a lot of what we're going to talk about i've talked about before so things like the scholastic episode one adventures star wars missions that were released to schools and the kind of kids game books Mm -hmm. probably released in large volumes there would have been schools all over america signing up to these things but the significance of this is, especially with Star Wars missions, there's 20 books in that series. To find a full set of these, as well as the play kit that came with it, the dice, the maps, the cards, yeah. or in the case of Episode 1 Avengers, having a full set of the novels and the game books, again, that makes these these books quite a rare find when you come across them. Yeah. And again, during my big sell-off, I had complete sets of all of these and i've been i always watch these over the years and they don't come up very often so it's really it was really handy to get a kind of a good feel of how much these are worth so i think for a full set of star wars missions you're looking at about 300 dollars. but again you'll be lucky to see one or two of these a year come up Mm -hmm. on the market whether it's on ebay or the facebook groups or whatever and it took a lot hunting for me to complete my sets yeah yeah we talked about number ones. So there's another comic I wanted to talk about. So in the early to mid-2000s, um, Dark Horse Comic released a sync set of like graphic novel novellas. So they were the same size as like a young adult book, not the same okay. size as a comic. Mm-hmm. 64 pages, so mm-hmm. a full story. But there's one of these called Defenders of a Republic, which until... I'd say the middle of last year was fairly averagely priced. It wasn't 
astronomical. But it was the first, possibly the only, um, definitely the first cover featuring Bogatan. Oh. And then Mandalorian Season 2 happened. Yes. And all of a sudden, the value of this comic shot up to, again, $600 is, I think, around the going rate for this one. So whenever Jackson makes his first appearance on oh, live action... 100%. Anything you've be... got with Jackson on. Yes, I'll, I'll be set with some of the things I've already gotten from Jackson. Because I, I think Jackson. you do have... Is that one of the things I sent you? Was like the original 70s run of the Marvel series with Jackson on the cover? Sorry, I'll edit it. <laughs> uh, yeah, this one, right? That's the one. So as soon as Jackson turns up in Mandalorian Season 3, your quid's in. Yes, perfect. That's, that's you're going to be buying a condo. <laughs> I mean, I have, I, have, uh, I have six, no, five. Five Jackson covers with me, so... Just waiting for that money to roll. I'll <laughs> <laughs> <hell> sell it. <laughs> What's the point of collecting if you're not going to cash in on the money when it becomes valuable? <laughs> <laughs> That's one way to look at it, right? <laughs> but that is, I think that goes kind of against the heart of every true collector. <laughs> They're what we call in the trade as scalpers. Well, no, to be uh... fair, the scalpers are the guys who buy it and then sell it all straight away. Exactly. I'm just doing it just because... I mean, I'm profiting on my addiction right so i think it's allowed <laughs> do, you, do you want me to wait until you get comfy again <laughs> it's okay okay so are you, are you sitting comfortably now yes uh so <laughs> um yeah sorry sorry about that um i uh as i was reaching for my jackson comic books i dropped my lego Grogu and I <laughs> just exploded into pieces and I was just trying to like pick them all up from the floor so that my dog also doesn't like eat them um, and I was trying to like you know continue to record the podcast as if nothing had happened but obviously that was just not really happening because uh yeah there's a bunch of tiny little Lego Grogu pieces uh, all scattered over my floor F's um, in the so... chat for Jose's ability to podcast in a crisis <laughs> <laughs> well I, mean, I killed Grogu so <laughs> um, so I will be putting him back together as we continue recording I mean it's uh, I'm almost done but yes apologies to to our listeners for me being a, I think I'm missing a piece somewhere find that <laughs> anyway so we've covered yes, the keep going Let's the keep going. sort of luxury premium end of a market we've talked about the uh, the books with lots of different entries that were released to schools then there's mm -hmm. the stuff that just not many people know about so like what again one of the things i've talked about is the the uk titan magazine which published yes. original Clone Wars cartoons, uh, Rebels cart uh, comic strips, as well as stuff based in the original series for many, many years. A lot of these got published in other territories. I know um, America and Australia published a lot of them. I know that there's still some of the Rebels ones that only ever got published in Germany and never saw an English translation. 
Mm-hmm. I don't think for any of the Volume 7 issues, which is when they went from Clone Wars to Rebels to anywhere in the timeline, I don't think they've ever got published outside of the UK. Mm-hmm. So they're those kind of things that if you don't know about them, you've got no chance of collecting them. If you do know about them, you've still got no chance of collecting them because this is a, <laughs> it's a monthly kids' comic. Yeah. So, you know, they've had... You know, all these toys and gifts on the front cover. Chances are they're red, thrown in the bin. So yeah. there's really not many of them left out there. Uh, no, hold on. Let, yeah. I mean, like I understand. So, yeah, these are not easy to get. And But what are the stories like in these? Like, are they, like, if you're collecting, if you're collecting just because you want to have everything, that's one thing. But are these stories, like interesting and i mean if these are also just meant for kids they are they are up and down they are aimed younger but some of them are really really good some of them are very throwaway but especially with the rebel stuff some of them literally directly link to episodes that either precede it or come after it oh okay you know they are direct link-ins um interesting so like i said they are up and down it's a very mixed bag but the same could be said of the adult novels and the Marvel. Oh, well, sure, of course. Comics, to be I fair, I was just wondering um, if it was more. They were all very much just like throwaway stories. Like they went to buy a tipia burger. No, 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 like, no, no. But you know, <laughs> you, you can you can tell the love that has gone into some of these. Got it. Um, okay. And again, the art is a very mixed bag, but some mm-hmm. of it is outstanding. Okay. Some of it less so. <laughs> but from a completionist point of view, yes. you know, I I pride myself on at one point before my sell off owning every single Legends comic that ever, or Legends story that ever existed. Yes. And these make up a big part of it. So when I first started selling and I literally listed hundreds of things, these were some of the first things that people came to me about with these UK Titan magazines. Because again, as a collector, you've really got to watch out for issue numbers as well. So what turned up in UK issue number 15 might have mm-hmm. been in the US equivalent, issue 35, the Australian version, 42. So to mm-hmm. try and track that and make sure you've got every story is really, really hard. But if you're trying to get every single thing ever printed, you get all three. If you wanted to do that, then you're an absolute madman. <laughs> <laughs> I've just, it'll um, make it, I mean, but it'll make it easier because then it's like, oh, you just need it, to track. It, it would. <laughs> well, no, it wouldn't make it easier because then you'd be trying to get complete runs in all territories, including yeah. Germany. Yeah, sure. So while we're on this tangent, um, the other thing that you see a lot of is in Europe, they do their own releases of sort of the Marvel stuff and the Dark Horse stuff in like these little hardcover editions mm-hmm. um, that collect various... It might not even be the same as the trade paperback of that series. Um, I even saw... Well, I, I did own it. They did a hardcover release of some of these Rebels comics, three in them. Um, also in... Uh, where did I, I used to have these in France or Spain? They've released little chapter books that adapt various episodes of the Clone Wars and Rebels. Again, okay. these have never seen 
an English translation. I think the Clone Wars one's like 30 books long. So that's possibly like the first, you know, two seasons or whatever. Yeah. They've never had an English version release in America or the UK. So there's so much of this stuff out there. Um, You've got the odd one-off stories. You always hear me talk about short stories and vignettes. Um, Mm -hmm. One thing I want to talk about that kind of sums it up I'm sure I've mentioned it on my show before. Is a song called a story called Aura's Song, which is the backstory of Aura Singh. Yes, that was published in the Dark Horse Presents Annual 2000, and it's a flip cover with Buffy on one side and Aura Singh on the other. Because it had a Buffy story in it as well as well mm-hmm. as various. I think it was a Hellboy story in it. All kind of whatever Dark Horse properties out of a yeah, time. Yeah. Um, that was the only place to get that story until it was reprinted in the Legends Epic Collection Menace Revealed number two in 2019. So there's a lot of this stuff out there. Um, so I'm, I'm like thinking right now that the title for that comic or story could have been Aura Sing Sings Her Song. <laughs> or Aura Sing Song? Aura Sings... Or a sing the song? song, sing, sing song, sing along. <laughs> I think we had enough of a sing alongs on the last episode, yeah. Jose. <laughs> 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 okay, point taken. Okay, keep going. Sorry, <laughs> I was my brain went somewhere else when you brought up the title of that story, and I had to address the fact that I wasn't <laughs> reacting to you. <laughs> um, some of the other things that we've seen. Again, they're rare because I guess the print runs were low, but certain uh-huh. Canon hardcovers seem to be going for a hell of a lot of money. Tarkin, yeah. A New Dawn, Lords of a Sith, for really early Canon hardcovers. Yeah. Whether that was because Disney had just bought over, um, they didn't have. You'd assume that they had the data, right? You'd assume that they had the sales of previous hardcovers, maybe. They're a bit more financially savvy, didn't want books going to landfill or whatever. But those books yeah. seem to be a lot rarer um, yeah. and go for some absolutely crazy money. Or, I mean, you know, every single novel, right? They all come out first as hardcover and then they go into paperback. Yeah. Um, that's just like, every, you know, that's not a Star Wars thing. That's just publishing business. See, but Star Wars um, never used to be like that. <clears throat> not until Disney took over. You'd really? have four or five hardcovers a year, but then you'd have a hell of a lot more straight to paperback. Really? So, yeah. Okay. So that's so. I wonder if just like the Star Wars collector mind, because they used to be more rare, if that just sort of like carried over into the Disney. Like, I mean, until you know, to, to how Disney does things now, um, and that's why people just love the hardcovers, is because they used to be rare. Now it's just how. That's the standard for every book that first comes out. Yeah, maybe. Maybe but people always bought the hardcover. People who always bought the hardcover will always buy the hardcover. Right. But then the people who were excited about the Disney buyout just wanted to jump on that straight away instead of waiting for a paperback. Who knows? Yeah. Um, but I, th- I think the, the commonly assumed factor is that they had much lower print runs than star wars books normally have yeah that's kind of what the general fandom thinks is the case which drives up the price okay i mean and those are also good stories so yeah they are um yeah i like those 
I read I'm, those. I'm not sure the quality of a story always has anything to do with the rarity of a no, story. No, of course not. But I'm like, it's like, it, it's just an added bonus if you're going to spend the money getting these. If you haven't read them, then it's like, well, you know, you're also getting a good story. <laughs> um, so you've got some really weird uh, short stories that are not commonly available at all, which, whether it's coincidence or following a tradition, I don't know, are all video game based. Mm-hmm. So, Pax Empirica, which is all about um, Tarkin first launching the sort of assault on Kashyyyk to enslave the Wookiees to build the Death Star, you could only ever get that as part of the Guide to Galactic Battlegrounds, the video game. Okay. Sorry, I'm hesitating. Pax, Pax Empirica. If, yeah, I'm hesitating because I'm not entirely sure I've got the video game right. Uh,. That will come to me. Um, <laughs> I, I may be wrong there. I'm sure we'll find out. Someone will let me know. Yeah. Um, the Steel Chronicles, which is more of a novella than a short story, you could only get that by buying the TIE Fighter game for the PC. And not just the CD-ROM version, the big box version with the big oh, sort man. of instruction uh-huh. manual. Uh-huh. And the same for Farlander Papers. Now, the Farlander Papers came with the original X-Wing game on the PC. Mm-hmm. You had a shortened version in the big box of edition of the game, so the initial release. Yeah. To get the full story, you had to buy the official strategy guide. <laughs> and that's a beast of a book. That's a wow. big old book. Um, and that's more... Again, the numbers aren't going to be massive, but it's more about general awareness of a book that makes it rare. Yeah, yeah. I wonder, you know, again, I'm, I'm, I know I'm like interrupting with just like all these, you know, random things that I'm thinking of as you're saying or talking about this, um, but you know, we're talking or you, there's figurines or toys and stuff that come out, and then there's there's a little story that comes with it, and I wonder if it's just like these toy makers or this, you know, video game de- designers or whatever. I guess with video games, a little makes a little bit more sense, but. If they just go, wait, we're doing Star Wars. Can I write a story for it? And you know, like there's always like that little bit of like, hey, I can play with it. I can, can I, can I add a little something to the whole like canon of or the whole trove of Star Wars stories? And I put in my little thing in there. So it's just kind of cool that all these different kinds of uh, people and and toy makers and whatever they uh, they uh, they get to to add their two cents to the story or to the overall saga i guess so you mentioned toy makers now there's not actually much of that um okay there was but you've mentioned some in the past i feel like so there's one from or a figurine that it comes with a little snippet of a story so there was one from like the, the 70s or 80s version of the imperial troop transporter toy the one that was mm-hmm. never seen in the movies, but we finally got to see in Rebels, and then we saw the Mandalorian. Yes. In the instructions of that, there was like a, a very, very short story about the search for the droids, but told from the Imperials' point of view. It basically just mm-hmm. covered the events of the film. Yeah. In 2011, Play School or Fisher Price or whoever owns that company released, they were doing a Galactic Heroes small figurine playset. They released the Millennium Falcon. Now, that did come with an actual kid's book called Watch Out for the Wookiee. Uh, and that's, you know, a, an original story. As 
as, well, as tell um, me about this story. It's it's you know it's it's a kid story. It's a very yeah. kid story. We're escaping well, Tatooine from the Imperials. They uh-huh. go to a planet. I literally flicked through it before we started. They, they <laughs> go to tell a, me every single yeah, thing about it. They go to a planet. It's unnamed. The Imperials are on them. They have to give up. And then Chewie and Han have an argument about fixing my Vulcan. Chewie storms off. Han gets captured. And then oh Chewie turns up with a load of Wookiees. Even though uh-huh. the planet wasn't named as Kashyyyk. Like, where else would they just happen uh-huh. to be a load of Wookiees? And they get away. Again, it's... It's a... It, you know, we're talking three to five-year-olds. Aimed, this story's aimed at. But if you're a completionist, you gotta you've got to try and find one of these. <laughs> And you did have one of them. Yes. Again, it took me some hunting down. Um, there's a fi- this must be re- not just rare in awareness of it, but the number uh-huh. of issues of what I'm about to talk about that actually exist. Okay. So you heard me talk about the UK Titan magazine, Clone Wars Rebels comic strips, all of that. They got re- mm-hmm. reprinted in America as well. The magazine they were reprinted in in Australia is called K Zone. Now, as in Kid Zone, I guess. Um, okay. K Zone's actually recognizable among certain fandom niches, you know, my level of fandom niches, for <laughs> reprinting some of the German only stories in their only English translation, such as. I would have thought it was some sort of K pop band. It, no, that would be. Behind the scenes. <laughs> <laughs> um, so anyway, they they reprint they printed a you could call it a short story because it's text and not a comic called Chewbacca: A Wookiee Story, which is Chewbacca's diary. <laughs> so it's like five or six entries of Chewbacca's diary, <clears throat> where you first see it in Shrewook. And okay, then I was it's in ask. basic. Uh-huh. And it just it basically just tells this little sort of story in five parts. Um it's very inconsequential. However, one thing that this was in 2018. One thing that really, really strikes me about this. So they basically they have to pick someone up from Alderaan, deliver him to Coruscant, they've helped him escape from jail. And they've got some dewback eggs on board, but that's by the by. Mm-hmm. The name of this prisoner is Rax. Okay. The only other Rax I know of is Gallius Rax from the Aftermath books. Yeah. Now this um this short story was released to tie into Solo when Solo yeah. came out. So obviously it's between, you know, ten BBY and a new hope. And I'm sure it they just plucked a name out of the air. Yeah. But it definitely lends to well, could that be? Could they have yeah. crossed paths? You know, what is yeah. his backstory's kind of fluid and unknown anyway? Um yeah. I I just find that really, really interesting. And or the maybe fact your that cousins or something, but yeah, there's definitely some you can make it you can tie them together. And I, I think I only found out about this about about this story maybe a year ago. Interesting. So that if I only find out about it a year ago, it's rare. 
It's, yeah, <laughs> it's definitely yeah, rare yeah, because yeah. people weren't shouting from the internet rooftops going, why was Australia Magazine published brand new canon fiction? Completely <laughs> under the radar. Um, right. In fact, all I've got is a very, very grainy scan of this. So it's never been um, had a high quality release anywhere. Yeah. So that definitely comes under the, the rare end That's of the spectrum. Cool. That's cool. And I also want to see Chewbacca writing. I will. Like, is he is he typing or does he actually grab some sort of like writing utensil and write it like like he's you know on like some parchment? <laughs> I I will put something up in our Discord. In fact, I'm gonna quickly open it now and see if maybe I can can read some of this. Okay. To you. <laughs> oh dear God. Um. Okay. So, I, I can't growl as well as you do, so you're going to have to excuse me. Shirabaka, Anurongnik, Rar, Wu, Waha, Gar, and Igrama, Uha, Aur, Waya, U, Wamu, Chaka, Wugoa, Rara, Amna, Jijoa, Ria, Yayao. <laughs> which is an actual translation of Chewbacca reporting on day 17 of the high new mission everything's uh -huh. going according to well maybe not to plan but everything's certainly going it's a mess really <laughs> so that is the first entry of Chewbacca uh, a Wookiee story okay we <laughs> I know I want every single like sure work like thing ever said out loud for you to trend like with your voice <laughs> no but but no but like translate it so that i just now i just gonna hear trev's voice like <laughs> in, in, in basic like this like that's chewbacca's like english voice <laughs> such a weird combination <laughs> so oh, speaking of chewbacca fantastic. speaking yeah. of chewbacca one of my favorite favorite rare books of all time mm -hmm. now uh -huh. obviously so these were published in 1997 so when i say they're a, a recent find obviously I'm, that's not true but they've recently surfaced or had a bit more light shone on them on their existence uh -huh. so there's a company called hain based in germany who released four Possibly unlicensed books. Okay. Now, these books were written as in-universe history books. Ooh, those are good. They those have had some fan um, translations. They are set a thousand years after Star Wars. Mm -hmm. One thousand years. They quote... This is... This is actually written in the book now. That they quote the Journal of the Wills. Ooh. They are written from a Senator Heria Oregana. There's an extra A in that. Uh... So, Oregana. And they're from historian Halsik. So, that's a lot of information to be going on. Yeah. So, they tell the story of the saga from a 1997 point of view so before the prequels 
Now, there's definitely a bit of backstory about Palpatine and stuff like that in there that doesn't gel with what came later. Yeah. The best thing about these books, these four books, is that they're tiny. <laughs> they literally measure <laughs> three inches by two inches. <laughs> Again, I only found out about these in the last year or so. Um, someone, one of my sort of internet friends owns all of them and is working on a full translation of them. Okay. Okay. But I'll, I'll, sh- I'll hold it up into the camera and then I will share these on our discord as well. They literally fit between my fingers. <laughs> they're they're the smallest thing. Chewbacca. And there's, they got page numbers because they're not small. 126 pages. You know, that's not a small book. Well, it is a small book. Yes, it is a small book. You're right there. And if that were to be printed on normal size pages, it would be a lot less, like yes, page numbers. Yes. Um. So there's four of them. I think, off the top of my head, I think it's um. So you got this one, Han Solo and Chewbacca. That's the one I own. It's either Princess Leia or Luke Skywalker. The other one. One is called. The Jedi Ritter, which I think is German for Jedi Knights. And okay. one is called Das Imperium, which I think is the Empire. Mm-hmm. Now, again, I don't know how rare these are. I don't know how hard it will be to pick one up. Um, I mean, pretty easy because they wouldn't weigh. <laughs> tiny, so can, I'm pretty sure even a, a newborn can pick it up. Yes, yes, you are you are factually correct there, Jose. I I can see no flaw in your logic. Um, should you wish to purchase these books, that may be trickier. Who knows? Um, yeah. But again, if if nothing else, this episode will have given you a whole load more eBay rabbit holes to fall down. But but all of these, they're fairly old. You know, some older than others. Uh, so I'm going to give my predictions for modern, rare Star Ooh. Wars books. Okay. So I'm going to go with the 2020 run of the Star Wars mainline from Marvel Comics. Issue number 12. We should put some, like, magical music right now. Hopefully, I mean, you're, you're keeping this in the recording. So oh, like a, a, a clairvoyance fortune telling. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. So, issue number 12. <laughs> because they forgot to include it in the relevant trade paperback. Ah. So, volume one goes issues number one, two, five or six. I don't remember which. Volume 2 goes issue number 5 or... It must be 6. 6 to 11. Even though the story arc ends with 12. Why didn't they... I, I okay. don't know. I don't know. There's been a few issues with Marvel. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, they've been publishing things for since 1977, so there's a lot of issues. <laughs> <laughs> Lots of single issues. Yes, yes, lots. It's amazing any of these are rare at all. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Um, But the TIE Fighter miniseries from a while back that came out, Uh I I spoke about this last week or last episode of one before. Even now, that's a really hard one 
to get a copy of a trade paperback. Um, I'm going pure low print numbers on that one, um, but it's still really hard to find. So it's already rare. I imagine it's only going to get rarer. The same is true for some reason of the 2015 line of the Star Wars run, Volume 12, The Scourging of Shu Tron. That's really rare at the moment okay. for, for some reason. I would also, if you're a comic collector or a comic investor, if you don't already own the first cover appearance of either Dr. Aphra or Valence the Bounty Hunter... I have them! I reckon that's worth looking into. I reckon they're I the two most likely candidates to next jump from the expanded universe into live action. Okay. I, I, I have pretty much every, every issue. I imagine that the, since... the first issue of Ahsoka has <laughs> similarly jumped in value since Mandalorian. Um, I don't actually know which series the very first appearance of Ahsoka was on a comic. I think it might have been Slaves of a Republic, which was released as... It was released as a six-issue miniseries by Dark Horse, but then collected in one of those digest graphic novels that I was talking about earlier. So I think that might have been Ahsoka's first comic appearance. Um, okay. Because Dark Horse didn't do many Clone Wars tie-ins as single issues, because they'd already done the whole Clone Wars thing before the Clone yeah. Wars show. Um... Yeah, that's that's my that's my predictions. What about so? Because um, the comics are going back to Dark Horse, right? They're picking up the license that's been dropped by IDW, so they're taking care of the younger end of the market. Oh, okay. As as it stands, so they're going to be carrying on High Republic adventures. Got it. So the Marvel ones are staying Marvel. Yes. Which would make I I I was okay I I thank you for clearing that up because I was like why would Marvel ever give this up like they they have all these different runs and I'm sure that they're pretty profitable plus it just makes sense with them and Disney and uh, the MCU and everything that's going on why would they drop publishing Star Wars novels I mean it's <laughs> or, it's a weird uh, thing as well because books, I mean you know Dark Horse are known for their more adult oriented cult right they're you know the the mature end of the spectrum right so now to be taken over this run of comics from a company idw who's also known for you know transformers and my little pony um yeah it's and dark horse had the license before disney bought star wars and dropped them because disney owned marvel so that's you know that's that's a weird one um, yeah, it'd be interesting to see where things go. So maybe that first Dark Horse uh, publishing that could be an interesting one to to own. Maybe. Um, and the other thing is High Republic. So the bigger High Republic gets as a concept, the more exposure it gets. Like obviously, the video game has been announced. Um, yeah. Whether that video game ever sees fruition is. A different kettle of fish. There's a whole thing going on there. Um, <sighs> yeah, but you've it got looks cool. As, it, but I understand there's other there was a very there. cool cinematic made. There's a big yeah. difference. <laughs> true. I mean, true. and as cinematics go, that was incredible. There's no that two ways incredible. about it. Yeah. Um, I hope that whatever can be done to save it 
is done. Um, yeah. You know, and but we all know cinematics. I don't get into bear. the politics of it all. I just want. I just yeah. the cinematics were really cool, and I, and it would be really good to have another sort of um, adventure type of game within Star Wars, and especially within High Republic. So I think Absolutely, and you've got really the cool. the acolyte tv show which is meant to tie into the end of the old republic uh high republic yeah but what if we actually see a full-on high republic movie or tv show at which point the first appearance of avar chris on the cover is going to jump up in value massively Mm -hmm. or geode the first appearance of geode on a cover (laughs) when when we get the geode and jackson buddy cop movie that we're all hoping for (laughs) No, no, that's that. That would be too much. That's <laughs> that'll, <laughs> that'll break the internet. <laughs> um, oh, so that's that's my picks for, you know, rare Star Wars books. Um, and I looked through my library before we started this, and I was trying to trying to quantify what kind of constitutes as a rare Star Wars. But you know, I was going to talk about the Queen's amulet, which was a tie-in to The Phantom Menace. It's an original story. And it's a book, very small book with like a toy pendant attached in a nice case. But again, I kind of see these pop up all the time. Um, mm-hmm. You've got really, really old books like The Maverick Moon and Mystery of a Rebellious Robot Kids story books. But they must have made these in the hundreds of thousands because you can still go on eBay and pick them up for a couple of pounds, even though... You know they're forty odd years old at this point, so yeah, yeah, it's it's really hard to quantify what makes it rare. Is it the pure luxury of the item that they only made deliberately only made a few of them? Is it that yeah, there's only a couple of them left in existence? Is it the source that it appeared in? Um, yeah, it was a tough one to kind of pick what I was going to talk about for this episode. So it'll be interesting to see from your predictions what actually <laughs> like comes true. But I know that enough to give it another twenty years. Ex- <laughs> yeah, but plus you you have enough experience um, collecting all these things. So I think that you know if you're if you think that something's gonna become a a rarity, I think we can. I trust your judgment there because oh, you, don't go investing all your money into my them. predictions. <laughs> I think you should. <laughs> I think you should. And to start with that, I think they can just go into your everything that you own right now since you're trying to, you know, uh, just share your collection now. I'm going to call it that. Uh, then, uh, and yeah, people can, can grab that from you. <laughs> yes, absolutely. If you want a rare Star Wars book, as in the reason it's rare is because it was only ever owned by me, then <laughs> because there there's go. only so many books that were only ever owned by me. Only so many books mm. have that, you know, that USP. So yes. now's the time to grab it. Yes, there's a very special thing that comes with that. I'll, e- I'll even sign them and devalue. I mean, add to the value even more. Add value. <laughs> yeah, you can like you can breathe on it too, so it just carries some like scent <laughs> as well. No COVID, can't do that. Oh right, so just rub it against your face. <laughs> Something. May, may, I mean, all of these books have been rubbed against my face. Okay, it's, there you it's, go. It's kind of so. a ritual. <laughs> That's what you do when you first grab a, yeah. a new Star yep. Wars book. You just grab it and just like rub it. It's like, yes, yeah, like... I, I like I like that new Star Wars book smell. 
<laughs> oh my lord. All right, this is just going off on the, on the rails now. Uh, I think I think we could call it a call it an episode. Yeah, I, I think so. Okay, uh, everything that you've talked about is batshit crazy today, pretty much. So it's, 100%. I'm gonna, especially these tiny little books that, that toddlers can handle. Uh, so, uh, <laughs> for all of you guys, if you haven't joined our Discord, please go and do so. And you, you can see some of these tiny books that, that, uh, that Trev owns. You can, if you haven't joined, go to utini.com slash Discord and click the Join Now button on that page. Help support us by going to utini.com slash merch. You can get t-shirts, tank tops, hoodies, pint glasses. And also head on over to patreon.com slash utini where you can become a member uh, of our Patreon and not only get access to all of our episodes in advance, you can also get a bunch of other utini member exclusives. So if you're already a member and have gotten some of our merch, thank you guys. Uh, that is how we can, you know, thanks to you, we can make episodes like this and other ones. We could not do and- it without you. We could not. So please go and join if you haven't and help support us. Trevor, where can people find you? Uh, you will find me hanging around with Discord or I am at Davy Todd on Twitter. And I also go on to Discord every now and then. And so if you want to see me there, you can. I'm also on Twitter. That will be the Joxie, T-H-E-J-O-X-I-I-I. I believe that's correct. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm there. Uh, so thank you, Trev, for sharing all your rare book knowledge and your predictions. Thank you to our Patreon members for supporting us. And thank you, listeners, for continuing to hear us talk about anything and everything Star Wars. And with that, I can now say radio out. There is no hatred. There is joy. There is no division, there is union, there is no apathy, there is passion, there is no gatekeeping, there is community. This is the Utini Star Wars fan code. Embrace it, live by it, and above all, trust in the living force. That's all for this week. Join our community and surround yourself with like-minded fans by visiting us online at utini.com. Until next time, may the force be with you.